Blog Talk Radio. time again it's post time with mike bozich and mike carter the only exception is is that mike bozich who is myself will be flying solo today mike carter had some duties that he had to attend to maybe joining us a little bit later on in the program to uh, talk about the big matchup between wiggle and jiggle it and freaky feet pete coming up on saturday the battle of link Erie at northfield park we'll talk about that a little bit later on we have got a tremendous jam-packed show on tap for you today we're going to hear from the general manager of the maryland jockey club sal sinatra he's going to be joining us and uh, of course sal and uh, his group the stronic group just purchased rosecroft raceway for 11 million and we're going to pick Sal's brain a little bit about that purchase. Plus, we'll talk to him a little bit about the Preakness. He's only a couple of days away from uh, the second leg of the Triple Crown. We'll talk to him a little bit about that, maybe uh, get his opinion on Nyquist, and uh, we'll see if he can maybe repeat what American Pharaoh did last year. Also, we're going to have the Running Aces track announcer, Darren Gagne, on the program at about the 7.15 or so. Running Aces kicked off their 2016 season on Tuesday, and they've got about three and a half uh, Months uh, so left of exciting harness racing up in Minnesota. We'll talk to Darren a little bit about that, a little bit of what we can expect from that 2016 meetup there. Driver Brett Miller will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. And uh, Brett had quite a weekend last week, Friday and Sunday at Harris, Philadelphia. Back-to-back wins in the featured with Katie Said on Friday, uh, coming from last to first. And you don't see that a lot at Harris, Philadelphia. Just an outstanding late move by Katie Said to get the job done there. And uh, Rock-Eyed Optimus with a big win on Sunday. We'll talk to Brett about those two particular horses, as well as the horse he drove, Pure Country, for trainer Jimmy Tactor. She was undefeated as a two-year-old. She won the Miss Pennsylvania about a week and a half back at the Pocono. We'll talk to Brett a little bit about that and about his career in general. Driver Trace Dietrich will be joining us. We had a chance to sit down with him last night. Of course, he'll be driving at Hoosier Park tonight, so don't want everybody to get confused and think that he's talking to us while he's actually driving a, a harness racehorse down at Hoosier 
favorite country. But we had a chance to sit down with Trace last night and uh, talk to him a little bit about Freaky Feet Pete and what we can expect from the Freaky One uh, coming up on Saturday at uh, the Battle of Lake Erie at Northfield Park. And we'll be talking to the track announcer, the fine track announcer of Northfield Park, Ares Ratliff, as uh, he had a chance to sit down with Mike Carter and break down the Battle of Lake Erie coming up on Saturday. So lots of Battle of Lake Erie coverage. Of course, the graduates coming up at the Meadowlands. Uh, that's action on Saturday. We'll take a look at that. Just a lot going on on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Even without Mike Carter, uh, we'll uh, certainly have a good time on this particular program. What we'll do is we'll take a time out, but we'll come back. We'll have the general manager of the Maryland Jockey Club, Sal Sinatra. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. We'll be back right after this. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you... There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. Right, 
time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich flying solo. Mike Carter had some duties to tend to. He'll be joining us a little bit later on in the program to preview the Battle of Lake Erie coming up at Northfield Park. But first, we're joined by the uh, general manager of the Maryland uh, Jockey Club, Sal Sinatra, joining us. Sal, how are you, sir? I'm doing terrific. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Well, I guess you got a little bit of a, a big next couple days coming up. The Preakness on Saturday at uh, beautiful Pimlico. And, of course, uh, Nyquist, who looked just absolutely outstanding in the Kentucky Derby, will try to uh, add leg two to the uh, Triple Crown. Uh, real quick, your thoughts on Nyquist? He's uh, done nothing wrong so far in his career. And, and looking at him at the track, he's a beautiful specimen. I mean, he's handled the track really well. And uh, Doug O'Neill's fairly confident. We're going to see the best of them on Saturday. Yeah, certainly. Now, preparation for the Pimlico has to be uh, something else. I remember when I was the assistant general manager at Hazel Park, and I was there for quite a while, and we used to, of course, have the big Derby, Preakness, and Belmont crowd. We used to get 10,000 people for the Derby, and that was just an unbelievable task of uh, staffing and everything else. So I could only imagine what you guys go through when you've got all them people coming through the doors of Pimlico. Yeah, we're expecting upwards of 130,000 people Saturday, so it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm hoping Mother Nature's kind to me. All right, more on that in a moment. But uh, Sal, of course, the big news in the harness racing industry is the uh, Stronix Group's purchase of uh, Rosecroft Raceway for 11 million dollars. First of all, Sal, how did the deal with Penn Gaming come about, and was that something that uh, you guys had on your radar for a little bit? Well, the track itself, we kind of had our rate. We were entering into an arbitration suit with uh, Penn Gaming over the uh, split of the simulcast handle for thoroughbreds and standardbreds. And that's kind of where the talk started started coming in. You know, we believe, and I think Penn would uh, agree, that they're more of a gaming company, that, that when they purchased uh, Rosecrop was more in hopes of getting slots down there. And when that didn't occur... You know, the, the place is, is doing decent. It does make us a, a minor profit, but uh, I don't think they're really interested in just running a racetrack. And Maryland Jockey Club's the opposite. Uh, we don't really care for alternative gaming. We really love horses and horse racing, and we're just trying to brand both horse racing and the Maryland Jockey Club throughout Maryland. Uh, that gives us, yeah. uh, you know, entrance into a different market we're not familiar with down towards Washington, and uh, we're excited about it, actually. Right, and of course, uh, expanded gaming is uh, always uh, seems to be an issue these days, uh, not only in harness racing, but in thoroughbred racing and tracks across mm-hmm. the country. Some have it, some don't, and i got to give you guys a lot of credit. I mean, you just have to look at Laurel Park, just unbelievable amount of renovations. Uh, was there in 2015, and I just could not believe my eyes, the palace that you guys have built. But with that in mind, um, in your opinion, Sal, do you, you think the Stronic Group would uh, or can explore any avenues, even if there is any, to attempt to get some sort of, uh, sort of expanded gaming at Rosecroft? No, nah, we have no interest in the expanded gaming. I mean, the way that it's written right now, the, the slot money goes towards purses for the horsemen, and there is a capital improvement account called the Riffer account. Uh, there is some money sitting in there, We, and that's what we basically use to help renovate Laurel, and that's kind of the idea of maybe going down to Rosecroft to do the like. Uh, we believe that the the slots bill was is probably almost perfect in Maryland compared to other states. Actually, I come from Pennsylvania, and it was written a little differently. But the way it is in Maryland, it almost encourages the owner to to make capital improvements because there is a fund there to match it. And you know, if I can do something for a hundred dollars and get fifty back, it's a great deal. 
Certainly. Visiting with Sal Sinatra, the uh, general manager of the Maryland Jockey Club, of course, uh, just purchased uh, Rosecroft Raceway. Now, you mentioned just now, and you mentioned in the article, that you believe that, you know, handle can be raised kind of with a few tweaks here and there, some minimal effort. Can you be more uh, specific in terms of uh, possible strategies to maybe raise handle a little bit over at Rosecroft? Well, I'm fairly familiar with Rosecroft. It, it definitely was a better track yesterday than it is today. And I think some of the things that we did at Laurel, if we can incorporate that into Rosecroft with some, uh, you know, amenities for our guests, you know, some better dining and food experience, a little marketing. And it's a great market down there. There's plenty of people. And it is a great sport. So, yeah, I don't – horses are very revered in Maryland. And it doesn't matter if you ride them, ride on top of them, ride behind them, joust with them, it doesn't matter. And I, I think that any kind of improvement will be well-received down there. You know, and I've been to Laurel Park, and I've taken my family, my little one, uh, and we've been there a couple of times now. We we enjoyed it so much the first time with all the renovations that we just had to come again and a couple of times after that. And every time that we have been there, we've noticed a very strong young crowd. And when I say young, I mean upper 20s, lower 30s, um, you know, and that's obviously the generation that the harness racing and horse racing in general has to try to get back. And Laurel has managed to do that to some degree. What do you attribute, Sal, to the success of, of kind of like the renaissance of Laurel Park? Well, uh, Laurel was always a very prominent track in thoroughbred racing years ago, you know, with the D.C. International and such. But what's happened is if you took, take what's going to happen Saturday at Pimlico with the infield and the music and the young people coming out, it's, it's almost like a rite of passage for a young person to get a ticket and do that experience. But what it's done is it now has made horse racing – something to know about whether they saw the winner or not because they were too drunk or whatnot it's still not a foreign body to them it, it's something so if you promote something racing when you look at it and i'm not sure what rose cross policy is now but like at laurel we took away admission we took away parking we lowered the price of food <clears throat> you do not have to bet horses they're lovely to watch race but you can and if you bet two dollars a race for the whole card you know twenty dollars that's a cheap date out you know, if you go to another sporting event between parking, getting in, you know, getting the ticket or whatever, it's very expensive. So young families, to get out of the house, if you have stuff for the younger people and the kids and such, it's, I fell in love with racing the second I was there. Uh, I've done both thoroughbred and harness. It's a great day out, especially in the nice weather. So you have to do things for the guests. You have to rely on them not so much betting, but to get them into your building. Once you get them in the building, maybe once those kids go off to college or get married and you're older and you have disposable income, maybe then you'll bet, you know, $5 or $10 a race or whenever you can afford at that point. That's kind of the concept that we have. You know, get, make it mainstream, make our sport, you know, good again. Can we see the same thing perhaps looking forward at Rosecroft that we saw at Laurel? Uh, I would say yes. I mean, that's going to be our goal, and that's going to be what we're going to try and work on. You know, I've been through the building. Some of my staff's been through the building. We have some ideas. Obviously, once this deal closes sometime late June, early July, then it'll be, you know, full court press. And, uh, you know, try and try and revitalize it. They do the boxing on the second floor. It's very successful. I think we can build on that. They have the gym in the backside. We can probably market and build on that. You know, and, and like I said, it's close to D.C., and uh, it gives us a different flair of people. So if we moniker the MJC in, in Maryland, you know, at Rosecroft, at Pimlico, at Laurel, 
I think we we can definitely do something there. Visiting with Sal Sinatra, the general manager of the Maryland Jockey Club. Uh, Sal, uh, by the way, they just purchased Rosecroft Raceway. Sal, has there been any communication between you guys and the Harness Horsemen uh, at any point so far? No, because up until the latest press release, when they actually signed a document, we have uh, non-disclosures. But we're, you know, like I said, once that deal gets consummated, we certainly, you know, obviously we had a commissioner meeting a few days ago at Pimlico, and we did, you know, shake hands and introduce that kind of thing. But we haven't sat down, rolled up our sleeves, and talked, you know, business to business. Sal, let's get the crystal ball out. What do you think the future holds for Rosecroft? I think it's going to be there for quite some time. I really do. I, I, I think we we'll see a little upsurge. Uh, I don't know the numbers in harness compared to thoroughbred, so I don't know how big an upsurge I can be looking at. But currently, they're, uh, they do modest numbers. In fact, they uh, they handle about as much as two of the thoroughbred OTBs combined, you know, for for a whole year. So I I really see it as a really good uh, opportunity for our company, and I think we can actually grow that business. Yeah, you know, that was one of the things. I was at Hazel Park, and I've had a chance since I've been out here to fill in at Rosecroft as an announcer quite a bit. And one of the things I have noticed of Rosecroft, which is kind of similar to Hazel Park, was that it still had a very strong uh, following, um, especially in simulcasting. I mean, a lot of people come out to bet simulcast. They were the same way at Hazel Park. Of course, we had no ETB, OTBs in, in Michigan, and uh, they still don't to this day. But, I mean, it was certainly a great, great, passionate crowd, uh, not only for the live racing, but for the simulcast racing. But uh, let's switch gears, Sal, before we let you go. We know you're a busy guy. we got to let you go because you're only about a day and a half away from the big event at Pimlico. But, uh, you know, the age-old question, Sal, we, every year about this time, it comes around the future of the Preakness of Pimlico, the future of the Preakness of Pimlico. Can we shed any light on it? Well, I mean, for the unforeseeable future, it, the Preakness is going to be at Pimlico. Right now, they, the stadium authorities partnered with us on doing an independent study to see what will it take to bring it to the 21st century. Uh, you know, we the Preakness is like having the Super Bowl every year. And while it's a blast and there's 130,000-plus people there, I have issues every year because of the old building. Last year, the, the plumbing went out in the main grandstand because we lost pressure. One year, it was electricity. We can't offer skyboxes. We do the tenting in the infield, which is spectacular, but it does block the view of a lot of other patrons, and I can't get them down quick enough, so the rest of the meat, they're out there. You know, and, and today's world, from our you know barometer, if you look at uh, – Kentucky Derby, which ran almost two weeks ago, they uh, grossed for that weekend about $80 million. Uh, or not gross, net. Um, Preakness nets us between 7 and $8 million a year. That's a tenth of what they do at Churchill Downs. Now, our tickets our tickets are modest, we try, we, and we'd like to keep it that way, but if you can offer some prime seating for businesses, you know, suites and such, and take higher class you know, amenities and stuff, we can we can move the needle on that number and get closer. I'm never going to do $80 million, but there's no reason I couldn't do 15 to $20 million on the Preakness with the right facility. So the stadium authorities, you know, rolling up their sleeves. They're going to do uh, – they're obviously coming out – they came out today to actually look at the property, but they're going to be here tomorrow and Saturday to, to witness the, the fans and what the fans get to go through. And then they're going to give us some uh, recommendations you know, phase one is going to be what will it take to get the building, you know, how much money, what we have to do. The way it's we've looked at it as a company is Pimlico, the way it was built, I cannot add any structural weight to the building. I can't go up and add suites. I can go horizontal, 
but I'm just, you know, taking the fan further away from the uh, finish line. So they're going to come up with some ideas, some uh, architectural designs, I think, and, uh, and what it's going to cost to get us to that point. And phase two is going to be the economics. Is it worth it? Uh, you know, obviously racing, especially at like Pimlico and Laurel, it's a used facility that we use year-round, but we don't use it enough. Uh, the infield, we do, you know, some concert series and stuff like that, but uh, if you go to spend a lot of money, and I'm saying two or $300 million, I'm not even sure of the number, to rebuild something, you got to have a return on investment, and that's what everybody's going to be looking at. So, you know, we're anxious to see. You know, and then uh, once we come up with that number, where the financing is going to come from. And, uh, you know, we're, we just want to have the Preakness in the spot it deserves. That's all. No question about it. Sal, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, taking time out of your busy day, and uh, get to work. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for having me. All right. That was Sal Sinatra, the general manager of the Maryland Jockey Club, uh, certainly shedding some uh, good light on the purchase of Rosecroft Raceway. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, it looks good. I mean, obviously, there's always a lot of questions, especially from horsemen, employees, so forth, when you have an ownership change. But uh, this certainly sounds like a lot of good news for the uh, fine folks over at Rosecroft. Like I said, I had a chance to sit in uh, over at Rosecroft uh, quite a few times. A lot of good people over there. A lot of good horsemen, a lot of good employees, and it sounds like certainly could be good news for them. We've got a break to take. We're running a little bit behind. We've got the uh, uh, track announcer at Running Aces, uh, Darren Gagne, going to be joining us. So we're going to talk a little Running Aces Harness Park up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back at Post Time with America, Mike Bozich flying solo today. Mike Carter will be joining us uh, maybe at uh, towards the top of the hour at 8 o'clock to talk a little bit about the Battle of Lake Erie coming up at Northfield Park. Plus, we're going to hear from driver Brett Miller towards the bottom of the hour. Trace Tietrich, Ayers Ratliff all on deck. But right now, it's the fantastic racetrack announcer from Running Aces Harness Park, Darren Gagne, joining the program. Darren, how goes it, sir? Doing very good, Mike. How are you? 
uh, doing fantastic. Now, uh, first of all, last year was your first season calling at Running Aces. How would the first season go? How did it feel to get back in the, in harness racing? It was fantastic. It was something that I missed doing. Of course, you know, being a track announcer, it, once it's in your blood, it's it's really something exciting and fun to do, and you never feel like you're going to work. Yeah. Now, before we get into running aces, let's get into yourself a little bit. How'd you, how'd you get started in uh, harness racing? I, I faintly remember well, you started at Sports Creek. I did, well, I actually started in Michigan. Uh, my first right. track was at Saginaw as a full-time announcer at Saginaw. And then I picked up Sports Creek, and I also worked at Jackson Raceway. I called some races at Northville as a fill-in, and, you know, more than a dozen of the fair tracks all over the state of Michigan. For about five years, I was out there. But I grew up in harness racing in New England as a kid. My family had uh, harness race horses. We raced at, uh, I'm from New Hampshire, we raced at Hinsdale and uh, Scarborough in Maine and Foxborough in Massachusetts and the fairs. And so that's how my roots started in harness racing. And then uh, I really uh, was interested. In, we all have a similar story. It was very fascinated as a kid with the announcing part of it. I used to, you know, run around calling races out, making them up in my head and that sort of thing. And we all seem to have that similar story. But that was mine. But I never really did anything with it until about 10 years later when I was living down in Florida close to Pompano Park, and I went there casually as a fan. One day I just realized, hey, this is what I wanted to do as a kid, and let me see what I can do about uh, pursuing it further. And so I talked to Gary Seibel, who was just moving from being the announcer at Pompano into management there, and Steve Cross had come down uh, from Scioto to be the new announcer at Pompano, and he had an open door for me and let me come in and call qualifiers and, and hang out with him and learn and call a couple races every night and be his backup. And so that's how I got my start and later got that opportunity in Michigan. Now, back in those days, was there anybody that you looked up to as an announcer that uh, you kind of heard? Everybody's kind of got their guy that they looked up to. Did you have one? Well, I have to say you know, if I had to pick out one, it would probably be Tom Durkin. You know, his days of doing harness racing and doing the Breeders' Crown, uh, you know, those were uh, some of the, uh, you know, calls that I looked up to, the Breeders' Crown every year, you know, Tom Durkin. And, you know, uh, but there are so many. Uh, Steve Cross was a big influence on me, and Sam McKee, of course, is, is an idol. I think Ken Workington is, is an excellent harness announcer, and there are so many, so many great talents in our sport absolutely now every announcer has a different way uh that they prepare for a race and every time we have an announcer on this program i love to hear it because it seems like we always get a different answer how do you prepare for a harness race i am one of the guys where i'm going to be honest with you as far as preparing for the race itself i do very little i want to just see how things develop on the track you know rather than trying to anticipate you know, who's going to go to the lead, and, and, and you know, I just want to see how the race develops and call it as I see it. I'm not somebody that prepares for that part. Now, as far as handicapping and, and, and that element where I'm giving out selections to, to the fans and uh, and that, then certainly I do my research and, and, and look, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time looking into that. But as far as, you know, trying to map out in my mind how the race is going to go, things like that, that's not me. When they're when they're behind the gate, that's that's you know we'll see what happens from there. 
Visiting with uh, Darren Gagne, the track announcer at Running Aces. Let's talk a little Running Aces. Uh, brand new season in 20, uh, 2016 started uh, on Tuesday. How'd opening day go? Everybody happy? Opening day was fantastic. We had a great crowd out here. We had some great racing. Um, it was really nice. Uh, you know, all of our top drivers are back in our top stables. We've got a couple of new faces here. We're starting a couple of weeks earlier uh, than we have in the past several years this season. So we are finding the the entry box a little bit lighter than we like to see it be, but we're finding that some of the local horses are not quite ready yet for the season. We're getting a lot of horses qualifying and that sort of thing. So our entries uh, will continue to pick up as the season moves forward. Darren, what can we expect in 20, uh, 2016 at Running Aces going forward? I know well, you've got the big have... Maryland Sire Stinks at the end and all that. No, right. I'm sorry, the, have the Minnesota Sire Stakes, not Maryland. Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota <laughs> Night of Champions, of course, at the end of the meet, and that is really our big, big night. But we have a lot of things going on throughout the season now. Unfortunately, we don't have big hundred and $200,000 races, but, you know, this is a small track, beautiful small track, in it's ninth season that really puts on good racing. We get good crowds out here. And the racing program just gets better and better every year. We're very excited for this year because Ben Blum, who uh, works tirelessly out here, pretty much runs the entire racing operation, has gotten us about 60 more export locations than we had in the past. So we're looking for our handle and our product out there in the market to continue to build. But we have a few highlights of the summer meet. Uh, for instance, in June, on Saturday, June 18th, we'll have our Father's Day weekend, and it's sponsored by Summit. So we have the Summit Preferred Pace and the Summit Preferred Trot. They'll have premium purses for the top-level pacers and trotters in the region. Then we have another big weekend on the 16th and 17th of July, and that's our Dan Patch Days. And we have some big races for Minnesota Sired Pacers. That'll be on Saturday night, July 16th. And we have the Dan Patch Society out here, and we have all kinds of memorabilia uh, on display about Dan Patch. Of course, he has big roots out here in Minnesota where he set that 155 record many years ago at the Minnesota State Fair. He also lived out here for the last 12 or 13 years of his life, speaking of Dan Patch. And then on, the, on that Sunday night, we have a big horse expo where we have all kinds of uh, vendors out here on the racetrack apron teaching the fans about equipment and the feed for the horses, everything going on to, you know, horse dental care. So a lot of uh, things for the fans to learn about on Horse Expo, and that's on Sunday, July 17th. And, of course, as you mentioned earlier, our big night is the Night of Champions on September the 3rd on a Saturday night where we crown all of the divisional champions and they'll be racing in each division for at least $20,000. All right, Darren, sounds good, buddy. Listen, for anybody that wants to follow Running Aces, maybe on social media, Facebook or Twitter, why don't you uh, give them the location on where they can do so. Okay, you can certainly log on to runaces.com, and obviously you can find out about all of our events all summer long. We have always have things going on for the family, for the kids. We have a live trout pond out here at the track as well. You can actually catch live trout and, uh, and then have it served to you in the restaurant here at the track for dinner. So you can't get any fresher than that. All kinds of activities for the kids always. So, again, it's runaces.com for run Running Aces Casino and Racetrack. And uh, if you don't mind, Mike, just real quickly, you know, Battle of Lake Erie coming up. I know you got the, the guys from Northfield Park coming on in just a moment. Uh, 
I just want to give you my pick. I'm going to go with Freaky Feet Pete. Wow. Uh, I think Wiggle It Jiggle It has. Yeah, I think Wiggle It Jiggle It has shown a little bit of vulnerability. He's been he's been beaten three times this season. Freaky Feet Pete coming in undefeated. Then we got the uh, local uh, connection with Roland and Rock. I'd like to see him get a big piece of it. Of course, he's uh, quite a big long shot, but I'd like to see him get in there. And then who who can leave out the uh, foiled again, the big guy? So Yeah, that's right, the richest fancer uh, in the sport. Absolutely. But for me, the nod slightly goes to Freaky Feet Pete. We'll see what happens. All right, my friend. Darren, listen, we certainly appreciate it, and uh, we'll be checking out some running aces. Thank you, uh, Mike. Uh, this year. Big Big, big fan of your show, and it's certainly something that Harness Racing needs, and you guys are doing a great job with it. Appreciate it, buddy. Good luck up there. Thank you very much, Mike. All right, that was the voice of Running Aces Harness Park, Darren Gagne, uh, joining us in the really beautiful facility up there uh, from a lot of uh, people from what I've heard. I've never really been there, but from everybody that I've talked to that has been there, drivers, horsemen, fans, uh, it is just a gorgeous facility, and maybe one of these days I'll get up there to check it out. We've got a lot more to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll be talking to driver Brett Miller when we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Strah, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. Post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America rolls on on this Thursday night. Still more to come. We'll have Trace Tietrich on in just a few minutes. We had a chance, a chance to sit down and talk with him about his thoughts on Freaky Feet Pink getting ready for the Battle of Lake Erie on Saturday. Plus, we had a chance to sit down and talk to Ayers Ratliff, the track announcer of Northfield Park, and he's going to break it down as well. But uh, first, we're uh, going to talk to our good friend Brett Miller. Who I had a chance to uh, call some races today. Brett, how are you, sir? Good, good, and thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining us after uh, 14 races uh, over at Harris, Philadelphia. But Brett, before we get into some of the horses uh, in particular that uh, you're driving here so far in 2016, a lot of good ones. It seems like you picked more uh, more great drives up year after year, uh, getting acclimated out east here. But how'd you get started in the business? Take us back. I won't say good old days because I got in trouble when I said that to Roger Houston last week. So I'll say <laughs> let's let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about the day how about that we'll go back in the day <laughs> yeah you know i was i was born into the business uh my mom and dad grandparents on both sides they raced horses and uh, I, I drove my first matinee race when i was 13 years old at the hilliard county fair in ohio and i drove a horse for david miller and uh obviously david was much younger than too and I won my very first drive, and 2.21 was the time. <laughs> 2.21. Was that for three quarters, or was that the mile? No, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> that was the mile. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, when you talk about Dave Miller, you're talking about the Hall of Famer, and I believe he's your cousin, right? Is that the relation? Yes, cousin. And, uh, yeah, that's that's how I got my first drive. And, and my parents, you know, they they had horses their whole, you know, when I was growing up, the whole time I was growing up, they had a stable. 
And by the time I started driving, they didn't have much. They had maybe two race horses. So, so honestly, when I started driving, when I was around 17, 18, I, I pretty much was on my own. I had to get, you know, I had to get my own work from, from trainers. I didn't, I didn't have a, you know, a father that had a big stable that got me going. I mean, he did his best, but you know, I had to, had to work for it. Who are some of your, did anybody take you under their wing when you were growing up, when you were as young as a driver? Not that you're not young Absolutely. now, but I mean, you know, like, well, you, we're, you know, we're in our forties now, so we're really over the hill, but I am too, buddy. Don't <laughs> worry. But no, I mean, some of your mentors growing up as you were younger. Absolutely. My my father and my cousin, David, absolutely helped me. But there's definitely one guy that took me under his wing, and that was Walter Case Jr. Walter Case, come to Northfield. I was driving about one horse a week. And the first night he was there, he, you know, he took a liking to me. And literally from that point on, after every race I drove, you know, we went over to the TV, watched the replay. He told me what I did wrong, what I should do, and he helped me out so much. I was going to ask you about that, the Northfield Park early days, because I remember, um, you know, when I was just getting started in this business, uh, watching you race at Northfield Park. Take us through the Ohio days a little bit. Well, it, you know, I, I started at Northfield, and I did a little bit of Scioto Downs. And half-mile track racing has always been my favorite. Now, I'm assuming it's probably because I raced at Northfield and got my start there. But I raced a lot at Toyota, Raceway Park in Toledo. Um, I raced at Hoosier. But Ohio was always, you know, that was home. That was my mainstay. And uh, that was how I, you know, got the ball rolling. I, I, I drove for a guy. I eventually drove for a guy named John Lee. And uh, he was great. He had a big stable. Always had his horses classified. And uh, we had a lot of good times together and a lot of wins. You know, Brett, starting around 2005, uh, reading a little bit of your bio, you did have a little bit of a rough patch there. You were suspended, gotten a couple of spills. Uh, but obviously that is uh, well behind you. You've turned that around. You've kind of uh, perhaps used that as a positive. Now, looking back at that particular period, and you've got a lot of these young guys uh, just starting into the business now, 18, 19, 20 years old, um, being a little bit older, being in your early 40s, being through – some of the stuff that you've been through, what kind of advice would you give to some of the younger guys out there that are trying to make their way in this industry? <laughs> well, it's very easy when you're young, especially when you're young. If you start doing good, you feel like you're invincible. And, you know, I got to where I, that's how I felt for many years. And once I started driving a lot of horses and driving some good horses and doing good and winning some, winning a lot of races, I, I got into a few bad wrecks, and those bad wrecks caused me to have some surgeries. And with with that, I got addicted to pain pills, and that was a definitely a rough patch in my life. And so really, you know, to if I was to say something to the young guys out there, it's just you know keep your head on your shoulders. I uh, you know it's very very easy in this business to get off the right path and. Uh, yeah, you just got you just got to be careful out there and you know, try try to do the right things, that's for sure. Visiting live with driver Brett Miller. Brett, what went into the decision to uh give it a try out east? I was racing at the Meadows and doing doing very well. 
and a guy named Brewer Adams come to the meadows for the winter. And I was driving all his horses, and he was we were doing very well. And he said, "You got to come out east. You got to come to Pocono. You, you know, you got to, you just got to do it." And my wife and I, we talked about it, and we thought, "Well, something. It, it was something that I really wasn't planning on doing, but it's always been in the back of my head. That's how you get the top stake drives. I, you know, I feel like you have to be out east to get the top horses. And I thought, well, let's give it a shot. So I went to Pocono." And uh, truthfully, I I didn't – I'd done okay. But in, in Pocono, I I really – I would rather race not, – nothing wrong with Pocono. Pocono's a great track, great surface. But I would rather race at a few other tracks out east before Pocono. But that's how I came out here and got things going at Pocono. But now that I'm uh, – I live in New Jersey now, and uh, you know, I'm glad, glad I made the move. Seems like a lot of these guys now, especially in you know year 2015, 2016, which certainly may be different than what was back in the past. But it seems like a lot of the drivers are not only racing you know 10, 11, 12 races during the course of a day, but a lot of the day night uh, aspects of it now. I mean, you see a lot of these guys, uh, including yourself. You know, you race 14 uh, races at Harris, Philadelphia, and then you'll go off to the Meadowlands, or you'll go off to Pocono, or some will go off to Yonkers. Delaware guys will go back to Harrington or Dover. How does that's got to tire you guys out? I mean, I had like like George Napolitano Jr. I, I pulled him aside one day. I'm like, come on, man, how do you do this? Every, almost every single day, it seems like uh, day night thing. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I will say, racing out east here is very demanding. You, if you want to keep your drives and you want to stay on top of it, you have to race day and night, and that part of it is tough. I was at the, I come from the meadows and over the past years and didn't realize how easy I had it at the meadows. I came out here and realized real quick that if you want to keep your drives and and keep the top drives, you better, you better work day and night. You better race pretty much every day. And that is tough. I got young kids and it's tough. This is a tough time of year to be, leaving every day and getting home, sometimes getting home at 2 a.m. And and right now we just started uh, hopping on an airplane and flying to tracks. Uh, we flew to the Meadows sat last Saturday, uh, Yannick and I and um, a few of the other guys, Matt and Kaylee, we flew to Flamborough the other night for the Confederation Cup. So, that's, so that type of uh, work is starting now. It's, it's tough and it is tiring but you have to do it when you're out here. Yeah, you know, it's unreal. I mean, here I am as an announcer calling 14 races, and then I get back home, and, uh, you know, I crack open a cold one and uh, get some dinner ready, and by the time I sit down for dinner, I turn on the, the computer, and you're in Canada, and Yannick's somewhere else. And, I mean, it, it, it's just unbelievable. Brad, let's talk about some of the some of the horses uh, in 2015, uh, 2016 that uh, you'll be driving. First of all, Pure Country. She was outstanding as a two-year-old. She wins the Miss, Miss Pennsylvania here uh, just about a week and a half ago. Your thoughts on her going forward? Yeah, she's she's has a special place in my heart. She she's I'd say the best Philly pacing Philly I've ever sat behind. She is big and strong and she's a very smart horse. Um she's amazing and uh yeah, looking forward looking forward for her for the rest of the year. 
She uh, Her first start, by no means did I want her to get beat. But I will say, <clears throat> when she got beat, it took so much pressure off my shoulders. As silly as it may sound, all the undefeated talk, uh, I, I, I never wanted her to lose. I never want her to lose. But it, it definitely took a lot of pressure off me. And I raced her a lot more, uh, I wouldn't say conservative, but I raced her a lot smarter in the final of the Miss Pennsylvania. And she showed what she could do. And a week ago at Harris, Philadelphia, you took the back-to-back features Friday and Sunday. You won with a horse last Friday by the name of Katie Said, and it's very interesting because this horse made virtually a last-to-first sweep uh, from the uh, third quarter on. And I'll tell you, Brett, at Harris, Philadelphia, you you very rarely see that. (laughs) Yes. I don't think I've ever had a horse do that at Chester, and definitely not in with those caliber of horses. She was in very tough that day. She is so good right now. She feels like a different horse this year. She's had problems in the past as a two- and three-year-old of making breaks, only because she's so fast. She makes speed breaks. And this year, she has a longer hobble, and she's just very sharp. And then you fast forward a couple of days later, Sunday, Rock-Eyed Optimist in just a tremendous invitational field. And it looked like just beyond that three-quarter pull, it looked like Rock-Eyed Optimist didn't have a chance in heck to win. As a matter of fact, we were talking, if there was in-race wagering, he would have probably been about 15-1 to 1 at the top of the stretch. And uh, all of a sudden, he just fanned uh, out four wide and was able to get the job done. Your thoughts on uh, Rock-Eyed Optimist? Yeah, he's a very good horse also. I've driven him a few times before, and I was – so happy when I got the phone call a week ago from the trainer, Steve Elliott, and his second trainer, and telling me that Tim Petrick was picking off and I was going to get a drive him. He is uh, he's a big, strong horse, and I'm, I felt the same way. Going into the last turn the other day, I would have bet, I would have bet everything I had that he wasn't going to finish 1-2, and he's such a good horse. He never stops trying. He never stops coming the last eighth of a mile he just dug in because he, he's a he's a good horse he just dug in to win brad what can we expect from you in 2016 give us a couple of other horses that uh you've got your eye on i got a trotter in i believe he's in saturday at the meadowlands um named jimmy williams uh jimmy tacker is you know very high on him he didn't race but maybe two times as a two-year-old didn't really show a whole lot on paper. He won his first start in 55 and 3, last quarter 26 and 4. I never turned him loose when he won that day. He come back and he made a break his second start in behind the gate because he was shying from the pylons. He was looking at him the rail that night, and I really looked forward to him. Uh, he's obviously Hamiltonian. You know, eligible. He's got a long ways to come before he can race in the Hamiltonian. But he's he. I think he's the real deal. And uh, I, obviously, there's you know the two-year-olds haven't started yet, so we can't really can't really comment on a whole lot on some of the two-year-olds. But uh, uh, there's I'm sure there's a few more here. I just can't think of right now. All right. Driver Brett Miller. Brett, well, listen, go spend some time with your family uh, right back at it tomorrow morning. Uh, you at Harris Philly tomorrow? Yes. Harris Philly tomorrow, yeah. and then the Meadowlands tomorrow night. 
All right. Sounds good, buddy. We'll go spend some time with your family. We certainly appreciate you taking time out to uh, spend it with us here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Good luck to you in the future, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show again. All right. That was driver uh, Brett Miller. And, uh, boy, we talk about pure country. Talk about Jimmy William. As a matter of fact, very interesting that he mentions that horse because if you uh, go back to the archive and listen uh, to Jimmy Tactor's last interview with us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, he talks a little bit about Jimmy William. As a matter of fact, if my memory serves me correctly, don't hold me to it, but Jimmy William might be the horse that's named after Jimmy Tactor. I'll have to go back to the archives to check that out. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, he's in this great card coming up at the Meadowlands on Saturday. Uh, great card coming up at Northfield Park. It's a great time to be a harness racing fan, as I like to say. The Battle of Lake Erie. And uh, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to have the Maryland Minute. We're going to talk about, a little bit about paint night uh, in the uh, Maryland Minute presented by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. And don't forget, we've got Trace Dietrich, Ares Rattler. We're going to hear from Mike Carter. Still a lot to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Join us for a paint night fundraiser party at Waterman Seafood Company in Ocean City, Maryland, Monday, June 13th at 5 p.m. Register now at paintnight.com slash events. That's paintnightnite.com slash events. Or call Kerry at area code 410-202-6231. That's 410-202-6231. Paint Night will donate a portion of ticket sales to the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Visit them online at www.hhyf.org to get more information. Once again, join us for a Paint Night fundraiser party at Waterman's Seafood Company in Ocean City, Maryland, Monday, June 13th at 5 p.m. Register now. Call Kerry at 410-202-6231. 410-202-6231. And afterwards, follow us over to Ocean Downs for a night of exciting live harness racing.
We're back on this edition with Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich flying solo tonight. Mike Carter had some duties he had to take care of. He'll be joining us a little bit later on, though, maybe in about uh, 20 minutes or so, and we're going to break down the Battle of Lake Erie. And uh, we also have driver Trace Tietrich and a Northfield Park track announcer, Ayers Ratliff, is going to do it as well. We've got a great, great uh, weekend of harness racing coming up. Not only do they have the Battle of Lake Erie, but you have the graduate getting started at the Meadowlands. So we're going to take a look at those races. But first, we had a chance to sit down with uh, Freaky Feet Pete's regular driver, Trace Tietrich. We did so uh, last night after the races. Of course, Trace is in action right now at Hoosier Park. We certainly didn't want to bother him doing that. So without further ado, let's hear what Trace Tietrich had to say about the chances of Freaky Feet Pete come Saturday in his big matchup with Wiggle Jiggle at Northfield Park coming up. Visiting with uh, Trace Tietrich, the regular driver of Freaky Feet Pete. Trace, we certainly appreciate you joining us here tonight. Freaky Feet Pete, so far in 2016, a perfect three for three. Uh, give us your impression uh, of Freaky Feet Pete at three years old versus Freaky Feet Pete at four years old. Do you notice anything different? Uh, not much difference. You know, maybe grew up a little bit uh, taller and uh, pulled out more, a little stronger and ready for his four-year-old campaign. Have you had to ask him for any pace so far in the first three starts? Not really. has been super impressive. You know, he's been very strong right to the wire. And I think he raced over one fast track. You know, he went a 49 right off the bat. And last week he went back in 50 and a pretty good head went up the backside. You know, he's been real strong, you know, ready to go. Now, Larry Reinheimer, of course, the trainer. Has he had any specific instructions for you uh, so far in the first couple of starts of 2016? Or did he just give you the reins and basically say, go for it? No, you know, he, Larry and Marty and uh, Mary Joe have done a great job with him, and you know, they just trying to say take care of him, you know, and bring him back to us. You know, it's well, let me use my own judgment, you know, and they feel I'll do the best thing for him, you know, in the best interest of the horse. So, now, what do you think makes this horse uh, so special, Trace? He doesn't know how fast he's going. You know, the speed. He doesn't understand the speed about it. You know, he does it so easy. You know. And, He's got a great attitude, you know, and those two things right there, if you have a great attitude, you really don't know how fast you're going, you just like to go, you know, it's that's a winning combination, that's what we, we want all horses to be able to do, and there's only just a select few that really can do that, and he's, you know, unfortunately one of, one of those that can't. Now we've got the big matchup coming up on Saturday, the Battle of Lake Erie. Of course, Freaky Feet Pete drew post position number five. Wiggle It Jiggle It drew post position number one over the half-mile track at Northfield Park. Uh, what are your initial thoughts, Trace? And I know you probably haven't had a chance to dig into it too deep yet, but what are your initial thoughts on how this race perhaps could play out? You know, there's obviously going to be early speed. You know, with the five, you, know, you can kind of mix it up a little bit early if you need to, you know, and, you know, you're... you're you shouldn't get too far back either, you know. You've got two options. You can press early, you know, and and just see everybody stepping up off there. You might go further to the front. If not, you can always go to plan B and race off the helmet and uh, go that route. Pretty much leave them as, you know, horses live forever there. You know, I've never had the opportunity to drive there, but watched a lot of races from there. You know, horses, they come and they live forever. There are things like there. So you know, it all depends a little bit on the trip. But I don't think it should be a problem. I think, you know, either way we have to do it, you know, uh, he should be up for the task. Think the thing getting over the half mile uh, will be any kind of a concern? I don't think so. I, I think you should handle it very well. All right. What's uh, what's ahead in 2016 uh, past this uh, for Freaky Feet Pete? And, uh, well, quite frankly, what's ahead for Trace Dietrich uh, as well here in 2016? Uh, right now, just, you know, race the park, you know, and hopefully follow Pete around and 
Um, I want to say the graduates after this. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think it is. So hopefully, you know, he comes out of this race good here, you know, and they go go that way with me. Trace, we certainly appreciate you joining us, sir. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program here at the stable our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse the stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system at the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on this edition with Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America, Mike Bozich. Uh, Mike Carter will be joining us in just a few minutes to talk a little bit about the Battle of Lake Erie and uh, the graduate coming up at the Meadowlands. It's a big weekend of harness racing. You know, first of all, before we get into Ayers Ratliff, and uh, Mike Carter had a chance to sit down with Ayers, the Northfield Park track announcer, and talk to him a little bit about the Battle of Lake Erie. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about the stable fantasy draft and we're going to sit down with uh, Anthony McDonald maybe next week and talk about this a little bit more and if you don't follow Anthony on social media and the stable on social media or if you've never been to their website before the stable.ca I think this would be a good opportunity to do it because they have come up with the what they call the stable fantasy draft and it's for 10 thousand dollars that's right we'll split it between the first three places six thousand for first three thousand for second one thousand dollars for third it's a contest that runs from july 1st to october 28th you have until june 25th to enter and i won't go too much into it right now but all i'll give you the i'll give you the uh kind of the uh, strung out version a little bit uh every person picks four horses from the active list of horses found on the website and each dollar earned by that horse is equal to one point, and whoever has the most money earned with their four selected horses in that time period between the 1st and the, uh, of July and the 20th of October uh, wins the money. And if you get first place, you get 6000 second place, 3000 third place, 1000 They've had uh, so much interest, so get involved today. Log on to www.thestable.ca for more information. Once again, that is www.thestable.ca for more information. It's a uh, terrific, terrific contest, and uh, I urge all of you to do that ASAP. 
Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're going to talk about the 2016 Battle of Lake Erie as track announcer at Dorfield Park, Ayers Ratliff, joins us. Ayers, talk to us a little bit about uh, what's going on on Preakness and Battle Day at Northfield Park and uh, some of the promotions going on. Well, we've got a lot going on this Saturday. First of all, absolutely, it's the Preakness Stakes. We'll see if Nyquist can take the second jewel and, you know, hopefully be the um, second Triple Crown winner, uh, you know, as far as two years in a row. And, uh, you know, it just it always adds a lot of hype to racing when we do have a, a Triple Crown on the line. So, you know, definitely my hopes are with, with Nyquist there. You know, we've got a lot going on here at uh, Northfield Park. We always throw a huge Triple Crown party for each one of these events, have tons of live music going on. We always have a food truck festival. Uh, we have radio stations here, not only with live broadcasts, but also um, doing uh, prize wheels and giveaways. We have uh, you know thousands of dollars that we give away in cash and prizes. We have handicapping contests and seminars, and um, you know it's just a full day of events for people. And you know, I mean, everything's free to participate in. No, that's awesome. Well, let's talk, dive into the Battle of Lake Erie a little bit. This is probably uh, one of the best pacing fields that uh, I've seen here in 2016. Of course, Wiggle It Jiggle It draws the rail. The champion, foiled again, gets post four and Freaky Feet Pete in post five. How do you see this race kind of setting up, and uh, what are you looking forward to most? You know, as I was starting to do my handicapping picks earlier, I do the uh, tip sheet here at, at the track. I really looked a lot at this race as far as how that it was going to, how that it was going to line up, and... <clears throat> You've got to give the edge at the beginning to Wiggle It Jiggle It. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I've never seen Freaky Feet Pete race live. I've seen him on TV. Obviously, I see his PPs. He looks pretty versatile. However, if he gives a lot of early go, you know, to try to get some position, I don't know that that's going to yield anything, for, you know, for him. You know, I mean, Wiggle It Jiggle It has monster speed along the inside, and he handles this track very well. He proved that in last year's Milstein. Ideal Cowboy can also scoot early. You've got, you know, Roland Rock. And, you know, Foiled again, obviously, he's an old versatile guy. He can he can do it from, you know, anywhere. And there's, you know, the wild cards from, from the outside. You know, I mean, is Luck Be With You going to go? Is Santa Fe Beach Boy? All bets off. Could, you know, it's, you know, you don't want to be stuck eight, ten lengths from, from the front. So, Matt Kikaley has a pretty tough decision to make right from the get-go, too. So, you know, how I think this race is going to play out, you know, I think Wiggle It Jiggle It's going to go out. I, I think he is going to get some um, early pressure. I don't know who it's going to be from, if it's going to be from from one of them anyway, from the five through the eight. Don't know which one that I think that's going to be yet. Um, and I think he's going to drag Ideal Cowboy all the way around the racetrack. And I think that that's going to be a tough exacta. Uh, to break, and you know, I think Freaky V. Pete and Foiled again is going to be the two trying to get in there somewhere. But you know, I'm you know, I picked a one, two, five, four um, as far as what I'm going to post on my tip sheet for um, for this year's battle. Now I know that post eight is it's tough on a half mile track. It's you know, anywhere you go, Yonkers here at Northfield, anywhere you go. But all bets off has really proven himself from the outside, and we have to go all the way back to April 2nd from post six in the Levy. He had uh, post five in the Levy final was second. Of course, he won the race back on April 2nd. Do you think that uh, this, you know, this horse has a lot of speed? If all bets off can get to the the top area, like posts one through four, I guess not posts, but positions one through four, do, do you think maybe he could uh, wiggle himself into a position to potentially win the race? No. And and it's not anything to do with post date, and it's nothing against all bets off either. 
um, you know, he, I, you know, I think you could give him the one hole, and I'm not going to pick him to win. I just, you know, he's he's against some just absolute freaks of nature here. I mean, he's just, you know, he's a really good horse, but he's against some just absolute monsters. You know, when you have Wiggle It Jiggle It and uh, Freaky Feet Pete, you know, whoever's going to get the better trip out of those two is who I'm going to who that I'm going to pick. And they they drew post one and five, so it's obvious to me who I think's going to get the um, going to get the better trip. Now, you know, all bets off has won almost $2 million. He's obviously a really good horse. Um, you know, post eight is not to his to his favor. But, again, I wouldn't like him even even off the rail. Right. Now, another horse you mentioned is Ideal Cowboy, and this is actually a really interesting uh Really interesting gelding coming in for trainer Jeffrey Bamman Jr. And he's had some really tough post draws over the past couple of weeks at Yonkers right. uh, in the Levy. And he gets a great post position here at Northfield. He picks up Aaron Merriman, uh, one of the leading uh, drivers here at Northfield and was the 2015 North American Dash champion. It, it's really going to be interesting to see what Ideal Cowboy has for Wiggle and Jiggle it. And if he can get a good trip from the pocket, who knows? You know, again, well, I talked to Aaron last night. He was really excited to be on this horse from from post two. You know who's going to drive Wigglet. You know who's going to drive Freaky Feet. So, you know, obviously he wasn't even expecting to pick up one of those, but he was really happy to get Ideal Cowboy, especially from the two-hole. I know his plan was to stick to Wiggle or Jiggle like glue as close as, as he can and let nothing get between those, those two. Um, you know... Aaron knows his way around this this track. He's the youngest Wall of Famer that's ever that's ever been put on our Wall of Fame. He's won more races here than any other driver in um, in the history of Northfield Park. So if anybody can get anything done here, it's going to be Aaron Merriman. But again, and no, no knock on Ideal Cowboy, I just don't think he has the horse to do it. I think you know if the, if you get Wiggle and Jiggle it on on the lead here, you know, barring some absolute insane pace, I mean, I think he could even. You know, I think he has the wherewithal from the rail to withstand, you know, a pretty torrid pace. You know, I mean, right. I mean, unless it gets completely insane, I just don't see anybody heading him at any point in the mile. Good. Now, the undercard to the Battle of Lake Erie is a uh, great one as well. Talk to us a little bit about the undercard and well, what is coming up. We've got three $20,000 uh, late closer finals. I think those came up pretty good, too. We've got three open paces, the Phillies and Mares, uh, Horse and Gelding, and a Trot. So there's, you know, six $20,000 races to help support the $200,000 feature. And, you know, it's really a really good, good night of racing. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. And we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, and I can now say joined by Mike Carter. Mike, welcome to your show. <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. Mike, I know we know you had some business to attend to, but uh, we we kind of made it without you. It was lonely without you, buddy. I, you know, listen, I missed you. 
Yeah, well, I, I tell you, I was sitting here listening. I missed, uh, I missed uh, being on, and it looked, sounds like we had some great interviews. Sal Sinatra did a fantastic job. We're really thankful that uh, he uh, came onto the program, and it was really nice to hear some of those stories from Brett Miller as well. Yeah, special thanks to all of our guests, uh, Darren Gunn, you joining us from Running Aces, as well as Trace Teacher. And as Ratliff uh, just uh, sat down with you a couple of days ago, of course, that was a recorded interview. And and uh, all eyes on Northfield Park, Mike Carter, comes Saturday because it is the Battle of Lake Erie going for $200,000. Wiggle it, jiggle it versus Freaky Feet Pete. You've got the richest pacer uh, ever to step foot on a racetrack. Foiled again, you've got some others. Uh, Santa Fe Beach Boys, always capable of a big mile. Luck with you is a millionaire pacer all bets off the millionaire pacer although he drew post state and uh, this is really going to be a fantastic race and we've heard from most of the participants in here mike uh, so give us your thoughts what do you think you know i was talking with um tom aldrich here uh a couple of days ago and he said this is probably one of the best battles he's seen in 31 years that he's been here and you know wiggle and jiggle it of course he you know he draws the rail and you know, foiled again, freaky feet, Pete. You just have so many big names. Lucky with you broke turning for home last year uh, on the lead. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see. What I'm interested in seeing is how Ideal Cowboy, the race, I think Ideal Cowboy's got a legitimate shot here. And if Aaron can trip out, he uh, he might be the danger to wiggle it, jiggle it. Well, I'll tell you what, if you look at the last couple, Mike, uh, Ideal Cowboy has been forced to the outside at Yonkers. This horse did win uh, uh, in one of the Levy's uh, th- uh, three starts back. If the likes of Take It Back, Terry, and Dream It Out Loud. And like Eris said, you know, Aaron Merriman, he's one of these guys, if you watch him on Facebook and all the Facebook Live stuff that's going on with Amy and, and uh, Chris Gooden over at the Meadowlands and Amy Holler, of course, at Northfield Park. If you watch Aaron Merriman, he's a likable guy, jokeable guy. But you know what? I've got a saying for people like that when it gets to the racetrack. Hey, we have a good time. We laugh, but we don't play. And when it comes time to business, Aaron Merriman is one of those guys at Northfield Park that uh, can really take advantage of a, a home court advantage, if you will, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Him and Ronnie Wren Jr. both have drives. Uh, Ryan Stahl has got a drive on Roland and Rock, who uh, hasn't been racing against too tough a company. Granted, the horse came out of the Levy, but hasn't been racing all that well. You know, I got to think that Wiggle It Jiggle It is going to probably be the horse to beat here. Ideal Cowboy, uh, I mentioned why I liked him earlier. But Freaky Feet Pete, Trace Dietrich made a good comment um, about Freaky Feet Pete just a little bit ago on the show. And um, the last week they took him back, actually, Mike, and they, um, you know, he had to close from off the pace. And he handled it with just ease. And so I got to think if uh, Freaky Feet Pete gets away fourth or fifth, if Trace can get him into a good position, he's got a big shot of winning this race as well. Well, when asking Trace Tietrich, Mike, I asked him, I said, what makes Freaky Feet Pete so special? And his response to me was because he doesn't realize how fast he is. And, you know, listen, when you get a comment like that, I mean, that just suggests to me that the sky's the limit as far as to where Freaky Feet Pete can go. Now, one of the big questions I have, Mike, weather conditions coming up for Saturday. What's the preliminary forecast uh, in your neck of the woods come Saturday night? I should have knew you were going to ask that and had it pulled up. You know me, not prepared. No, I can tell you what Saturday <laughs> night's bringing here. I'll tell you what it's bringing here to Harris, Philadelphia, in this area here for Brigness. It's not looking good. We've got a beautiful day planned for tomorrow. It was a beautiful night tonight, but Saturday is not looking good. So if that's any kind of indicator, maybe we'll be getting your Friday night junk. Maybe that'll clear out of your area and come to us uh, Saturday. 
Yeah, definitely. It's going to be 63. They're calling for a little bit of uh, showers in the afternoon. But the big thing here, Mike, is that, the, you know, a little bit of moisture actually makes this track faster. Absolutely. And so that could, that could definitely uh, – that could change things uh, just a little bit. I'm trying to get to the weather.com to let me see what it's going to look like around post time. But, you know, a little bit of moisture will not, uh, you know, will not hurt this track. They're calling for it to be 61 and partly cloudy at 6 o'clock when the first race goes off. So I got to think that the track is going to be pretty much dried out by that point. Um, you know, we're talking about a couple of showers between uh, in the early morning hours. But uh, the, uh, one thing about Northfield Park that I've learned, it gets faster even when it's wet. And uh, the Flying Turns will definitely be living up to his name, its name uh, this weekend. I think Wiggle Jiglet's got a uh, big shot at getting Rock and Roll Heaven's uh, track record. That's what I was going to ask you. The next question to have to think with this caliber of field that records have to be on the line coming up on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the four-year-old gelding uh, record is 150 and four, but the all-age record here at Northfield Park is 149 and one. It was set by a rock and roll dance in 2013. Clear Vision went 149 and three back in 2014 with Brett Miller. So you got to think that uh, Wiggle and Jigglet is going to come somewhere around uh, that close. I've been joking with everybody here. I think uh, Wiggle and Jiglet's got the capability to go 48 if he has to. I'm thinking 48 and change. Now, the big question, Mike, and then we'll uh, take one final timeout and we'll uh, we'll hit a little bit of the graduate with you. But uh, one question about this race, and I think it's going to um, mean a lot if you know if you start talking about records and, and speed and all that, is out of the seven other competitors, who's most likely to go out and push the pace? What are your thoughts on that? Is there anybody that's going to push Wiggle a Jiggle it early? There's one horse that I think will leave. For sure. And I think Matt Kikeli and All Bets Off is, are leaving from the outside. There is no question in my mind that All Bets Off is not going to just sit back and wait. I think Kikeli is going to push him. And whether he challenges Wiggle and Jiggle it or he sits about third or fourth is re- where, where you're really going to find out uh, how much this horse has. I mean, you know, at Yonkers, I mean, the starting line is right by the first turn. I think All Bets Off is one to definitely watch out for. And 12-1 uh, to 1 on the morning line. Heck, I'd play at 15 or 16 to 1 if I was you. Certainly, and I'll tell you, one of the things I would like to see, though, Mike, and you know what? All bets off, by the way, big time hampered by the post. I mean, if this sort's got a three or a four of hole, um, you know, this would this would be a, a whole different ball game. Um, but uh, Freaky Feet Pete, I mean, we talked about last week where they took him off the pace, kind of let him close, grind up into that middle half before drawing off. But, uh, you know, listen, I mean, if there's nobody coming off the gate and say, for example, all bets off for some reason or another does not decide to leave, and really, there aren't a, a whole lot of other prospects as far as speed goes in this race. Does Freaky Free Pete just say heck with it and go? It, it's definitely a possibility. I could see him going up the back stretch, coming after Wiggle Jiglet, and you know, coming up and around him. The question then will be, what will Aaron Merriman do with Ideal Cowboy? Because then he'll be shuffled back to third. And I gotta think that Merriman is gonna want to be closer to the pace than that. I don't think he's gonna be any more than two or three lengths off the lead. And uh, so, so that could definitely. Uh, not necessarily mess it up, but it will definitely uh, create for an interesting race. Well, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this thing. What a race this is going to be coming up on Saturday, the Battle of Lake Erie. We've got, Mike, you still got a few minutes for us? Yeah, we got a couple of minutes. All right, I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, we're going to take a final time out. When we come back, we're going to take a look at some of the graduate action coming up at the Meadowlands. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. 
Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Hello, this is Kayla Strah, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. Bozich and Carter back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike, before we get into The Graduate, I did want to mention one final thing uh, before we get into that those particular races. Uh, J.L. Cruz was in action today at Harris, Philadelphia, in a field of six, and uh, himself – or I should say him along with uh, Garel Hannibal were the two favorites. And uh, Garel Hannibal broke twice in that particular race. J.L. Cruz went on to win 153 under wraps. The track record for uh, aged uh, gelding trotters there is uh, 152. So uh, J.L. Cruz was very, very impressive in victory today for those of you that uh, may not have caught it. But anyway, moving right along, it's uh, the graduate uh, – is uh, getting ready to start on Saturday at the Meadowlands. Some fine horses there. Mike, do you have your program uh, locked and loaded and ready to go? Mike, are you there? Well, I guess Mike may have uh, faded out on us. Well, Mike, when you come back, just make a noise or something. We're here if you hear a tra- Oh, you, there you are. I can hear you. Mike, you there? Yeah. Sorry. All right. Okay. Would you have to get the cat or something? Was it was the cat making noise or something? The cat, dude. I'm not. I'm not home. You remember? I'm working. Oh, today. that's right. That's that's right. That's that's right. That's right. Well, you don't have any cats. Sorry, you know, you we know. used to have. I probably shouldn't say this, but we used to have a mutual <laughs> manager at Hazel Park bring his dog to the room. I probably I no should have talking said, about. Never mind. If, if anybody's, please, I hope I didn't get anybody problems. If anybody's Maisel Park listen, please don't go up to the mutual office and check to see if anybody's got their dog there. Anyway, the second race. Of- you oh, would. All right. That's anyway, all anyway, moving moving right along. Graduate action, four year old open trot, race two, fifty thousand dollars is the purse. And uh we've got a field of six, of course, Homicide Hunter, who was uh very, very solid in uh Indiana Science Stakes action, was nineteen or sixteen of eighteen last year as a three year old, nineteen of thirty overall is uh going to do battle here in uh the first uh leg of this uh graduate series, four year old open trotters. And uh it looks like uh, he's certainly going to be the one to beat there, but uh, Jimmy Tankless, Kanipa Hanover, uh, made a, a break last time, and uh, you certainly don't want to see a, a, a horse, uh, a trotter, uh, might make a break coming into a big series like this. No, definitely, and you know, another horse that I would watch out for is what a workout, and uh, if I if I remember correctly, and Mike, I, I don't have a program in front of me, so you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, I think what a workout was on racing the New York Sire Stakes a lot last year, am I correct? 
Uh, this is yeah. Uh, well, this is a horse that only raced two times as a three-year-old and was uh, pretty yeah as a two-year-old okay. uh, kind of so uh, was yeah. But is well well not well yeah kind of. Yeah, well, one, one, yeah, he's well, he's one for two. This kind year. of. The other horse you want to look at is um, Wings of Royalty from the Rails for trainer George Descharm. You know, this is a this is a trotter that I, I, you don't necessarily want to count out, and the reason for that is obviously the post position draw. There's only six horses, but you never know what Wings of Royalty is going to do. And heck, two for two in uh, 20, uh, 2016, you can't really argue with perfection, can you? Well, no, and this is a horse that was coming out of the Massachusetts uh, Stinks. And listen, this is a horse that was 12-1 to 1 last time and beat Pinkman. So listen, anytime he beat Pinkman, I don't care if you know Pinkman hasn't started in 15 years. I mean, that's still quite an accomplishment. And uh, Wings of Royalty, I think, fits very well from the inside here, 8-5. to five, But I still like number 5, Homicide Hunter, in that particular race. But uh, it's still going to be a good one. Moving right along, Mike, uh, we, we have New Jersey Sire Stakes action as well. And there's a, some good horses in the New Jersey Sire Stakes, uh, if you uh, look at race number five there, and uh, Blue Moon Stride is one of those horses, uh, is close to $300,000 in career earnings. I uh, had a lot of success as a two-year-old and uh, made her three-year-old debut last time and it just got shuffled in, kind of got buried, really didn't have any chance. Andrew McCarthy's back in the bike here tonight. Certainly expect a much more aggressive effort tonight from, or uh, Saturday night from Blue Moon Stride. Yeah, definitely. You got to think that Blue Moon Stride is going to be a lot more aggressive. Went 154 and one in a qualifying event at the Meadowlands again. Picks up Andrew McCarthy for trainer Mark Carter, and you know it, it, it's not a very tough field in my opinion. J.K. Fanny drew the rail. Now that's an interesting horse as well. And six to one on the morning line. Who knows? That might be a uh, place to take a shot. Absolutely. Moving right along, sixth race is uh, the second leg of that uh, second division of that graduate for four-year-old open trotters. You get that field of seven, and you get Pinkman right in there. Of course, we just talked about Rings of Royalty, who upset Pinkman last time. This is his second start of the year. Obviously, the theory is that he will be much, much tighter. But uh, Crescent Fashion's right there at the inside, and uh, Crescent Fashion, uh, I thought, looked pretty good in his uh, 2016 debut over at Yonkers. Yeah, definitely. Another horse you got to look out for, too, Mike, is the return of Centurion ATM, who there was a lot of high hopes for trainer Opus Fonstead last year for uh, Centurion ATM and didn't really live up to the hype. So I'm glad to see that Centurion ATM is back in the uh, is back into stakes form. Got Maestro Blue Chip on the outside for trainer Joanne Looney King. And Crazy Wow is a horse that uh, is really interesting. Uh, Crazy Wow and Pinkman have done battle numerous times. Pinkman is definitely going to have uh, – an advantage here uh, coming off a second place effort, but you know, Crescent fashion at the rail, uh, you know, you got to think that Ocus Fonstead's other horse is, uh, is going to be tight and ready to go. Yeah, it's a very interesting race. I mean, you've got you've got two horses in this race, Mike, that are nine for nine here in 2016. Maestro Blue Chip, you just mentioned, and Musical Rhythm, a horse coming from Canada, has been winning by open lengths. You don't really know what you got, and you've got uh, John Campbell driving. So a very, very interesting affair. I think it's it's certainly a lot deeper than uh, just Pinkman in that particular race. And moving right along the uh, graduate pace, race number eight, I guess you could say this could be the Main event, the field of nine, of course, Rock and Ron, a perfect 10 for 10 in 2016. That big win in the Confederation Cup last time against the likes of Wiggle and Jigglet. Mike, we haven't talked since then. What were your thoughts on the, the Confederation Cup? You know, I think Wiggle and Jigglet got a 
I mean, he got a horrible trip from a very bad post, and he he just he handled it with absolute disdain. And I got to think that uh, you know it, it made him a tougher horse. Um, you know, I don't think he was beating rock and run. I mean, if they would have went around two more times, I don't think he was beating rock and run. But I got to think that it toughened uh, Wiggle and Jiggle it up a little bit. Not that he wasn't tough already, because I think we've seen Wiggle and Jiggle it be tough against a bit of a legend and. Um, lost for words, but this race, uh, obviously without Wiggle and Jiggle it, uh, because he's here at Northfield, but Rock and Run gets a uh, good draw, 10 for 10, looking to go 11 for 11 in 2016, and picks up the likings of Yannick Jingra for uh, trainer Ron Burke. Rock and Run just looks absolutely superior to this field, and I, I really don't see too many horses uh, coming after him. Well, that's uh, obviously that's kind of the monkey wrench into the whole thing. We talked about Wiggle Jiggle. We talked about uh, Freaky Feet Pete, some of the others here in 2016, but the name Rock and Ron really wasn't mentioned a whole lot. Was kind of in the open ranks at Miami Valley, just uh, kind of doing his thing, going along, and then in, uh, certainly opened up a lot of eyes in the uh, Confederation Cup. Do you think Rock and Ron is a major player uh, in the uh, four-year-old and up uh, circuit so, uh, this year going forward? Yeah, you got to think so. If Rock and Ron can perform in this race, you got to start concluding Rock and Ron and everything else. I think he really definitely has a shot against this group, and uh, it's going to be fun to see. American Primetime is another horse you got to look out for. The other one, Mike, that you got to really look out for uh, is Split the House for driver Scott Zeron. Split the House gets a tough draw, but it's already one for one in 2016. All right, Mike, and one more race to look at on that Meadowlands card, race 11. Have to talk about the 2016 debut of Breeders' Crown winner Boston Red Rocks. One of the best calls of all time, Mike. Ken Warkenton said Boston Red Rocks over the Green Monster. Ken Middleton. Rowling to win. Uh, Ken Middleton. Did I say Ken Warkenton? Ken Middleton, absolutely. You did. Uh, oh, well, you know. 151 or 3. Listen, I also, listen, we don't want to make our Canadian friends upset, you know. Listen, when I was talking to Darren Gagne, I said Maryland Breds, and of course I meant to be talking about yeah, Minnesota Breds, but but I did I correct myself there. Said you handed you the pink slip, you know. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> all right. It wouldn't be the first time. You had to correct me then, and uh, but Boston Red Rocks, uh, obviously a much anticipated debut, qualified very very well last time at fifty one with that twenty six and one close. You have to think Boston Red Rocks is ready to rock and roll here as a three year old. Yeah, definitely. This is a horse that we're going to watch here at Northfield specifically uh, for the Carl Milstein Memorial the week after the Kane Pace. That's an invitational. Boston Red Rocks uh, just absolutely flew home late for trader Steve Elliott and Tim Tietrich in the uh, in the Breeders' Crown. And you got to think, Tim Tietrich was probably holding on for his life, Mike, because he was flat out flying. I mean, just just closing strongly on the outside. Coming off that strong qualifier, I think he's going to have a shot. Rolling Catch is another interesting horse. Uh, 10 to 1 on the morning line, I think that's a little bit uh, a little bit out there. And the other horse that I could uh, could see having a, a shot here is Don't Call Me Francis, is Nifty Norman uh, prepares Don't Call Me Francis uh, for the 2016 campaign. Yeah, certainly can't uh, sell Nifty Norman short. Well, Mike, it's been a blast. Uh, certainly appreciate everybody joining us. Mike, before we let you go, uh, we've got a big weekend, obviously, of harness racing. The Battle of Lake Erie at your place on Saturday. Tune into the Northfield Park, Pete, uh, because you're going to be uh, in the back doing uh, interviews, right? And, of course, Ayers will be uh, on the mic. Oh, yeah, Ayers will be upstairs on the mic. I'll be in the back stretch doing a few interviews. And uh, our man, D- Dave Bianconi, is going to uh, – be in the winter circle after the race to talk to the winning connection. So it's a great night of racing. If you can get out here to Northfield Park, it'll be a, a very, it, it won't be uh, wasted time. I can promise you that. 
You know, it's a you know it's a big night when our uh, good friend Dave Bianconi makes a cameo appearance. So uh, it's a big night Saturday, Battle of Lake Erie. Uh, we urge each and every one of you to check it out at Northfield Park, and of course the Graduate Series at the Meadowlands. And Mike, before we let you go, we can't let you go without giving us your Preakness pick. So give us your Preakness pick, other than Nyquist. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Nyquist looks much the best. Any, any long shot you think could uh, snap up and beat him here? Let me pull up the entries here, and I can t- I, I've got a couple in my head. Um, let's see. Well, I like Exaggerator. I think Exaggerator made it made the made the huge move last time out. Um, you know, obviously dealing with uh, twenty horses in traffic, it's going to be a big time problem. I think the clearing. I think uh, well, the traveling will be much clearer for Exaggerator coming up uh, on Saturday. So I think he's got a big shot to beat Nyquist. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I think Exaggerator is as good, if not better, than Nyquist. But I think Nyquist definitely could be the horse to beat. Nyquist proved me wrong, Mike, this week, or last uh, two weeks ago when he raced, because I was not a fan of Nyquist at all. I think everybody remembers me saying, you know, I'm betting against him, and I did, and I lost. And so uh, this, you know, this time around, uh, you know, I said I needed to see one more race, and I've seen it, and he looked good. So I think Michael yeah. got a shot. Um, the one name that I'm looking for here, I don't see, uh, not Dale Romans. I'm trying to Dallas Stewart uh, doesn't have anybody here. Then uh, that is normally my uh, long shot play. But I got to think that collected the seven is going to have a shot for uh, rider Javier Castellano and uh, trainer Bob Baffert. You don't even want to call out Bob Baffert in these things. But Todd Pletcher's got a horse on the outside that I'm kind of interested in as well in Star Devari for, uh, with John Velasquez aboard. Okay, so well, we could use those as long shots and maybe put them underneath with Nyquist and Exaggerator and have a nice exact to play or trifecta play. And uh, that certainly uh, looks like what we'll do. Well, Mike, we uh, we certainly want to thank all of our guests. We want to thank all of our sponsors. Here comes the train again to send us off. And uh, certainly a lot more quiet than he was last week. I appreciate that, Mr. Engineer. Thank you very much. But uh, we want to thank everybody that joined us today. Sal Sinatra uh, for taking time out of his very busy schedule. Mike, I mean, he's only a day and a half from – you know, the biggest day of, of uh, the year for him. And he took time out to join us and uh, talk a little bit about the purchase of Rosecroft and a little bit about the Preakness. So we certainly uh, appreciate Sal uh, for joining us. Brett Miller, of course, after 14 uh, tough races at Ayers Philadelphia, I think he had a drive in all 14 too, had a couple of wins. He uh, joined us today. So we certainly want to thank him, Darren Gagne, the, uh, uh, track announcer at Running Aces. Uh, Ayers for taking time out with you. Trace Tietrich for taking time out with me. And I guess, uh, Mike, we're all set for the battle, aren't we? Yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm really, really excited. I've never seen Foiled again in person, so it'll be a lot of fun to see uh, the great champion in person. All right. Now, on behalf of Mike Carter, it's Mike Bozich. We certainly appreciate you joining us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet American. We'll see you next Thursday with a post time of 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.